ser sanado. She did two hymns on that. What's the other hymn, Ed? Can you say up there? Is it 58? Okay, I can't because it's not in here. That's a that's a fail. Here, put that on the. Oh well. So the first one is sixty-two. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou rod of Jesse, free thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save, and give them victory o'er the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou day spring from on high, and cheer us by thy drawing nigh. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night, and death's dark shadows put to flight. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou key of David, come, and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high, and close the path to misery. Rejoice, rejoice, <coughs> Emmanuel, 
shall come to thee, O Israel. O Lord, open thou my lips, Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Oh, come, let us worship the Lord. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is our great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Come, thou precious ransom, come, only hope for sinful mortals. Come, O Savior of the world, open unto thee our portals. Come, thy beauty let us see. Anxiously we wait for thee. Enter now my waiting heart, glorious King and Lord most holy. Dwell in me 
ne'er be part. Though I am but poor and lonely, Ah, what riches will be mine When thou art my guest divine. My hosannas and my palms Graciously receive, I pray thee, Evermore as best I can, Saviour, I will homage pay thee, And in faith I will embrace, Merit through thy grace. Hail, Hosannas, David's son, Help, Lord, hear my supplication. Let thy kingdom scepter crown. Bring us blessing and salvation. That forever we may sing. Hail, Hosanna to our King. Amen. Lift up your head, O gates, be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He will receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Who is the King of glory, the Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Lift up your heads, O gates, be lifted up, O ancient doors that the King of glory may come in. The Old Testament lesson for today is written, and the Wednesday of Gaudete is written in the 40th chapter of the prophet Isaiah, beginning at the first verse. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem, and cry to her that her warfare is ended, and that her iniquity is pardoned, and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. 
Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry. And I say, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get ye up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up and fear not. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord comes with might. His arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him. His recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. For thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us. The epistle lesson is written in the fourth chapter of St. Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth, beginning at the first verse. This is how one should regard us, as slaves of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of a steward that they be found trustworthy. But for me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce the judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. That's how Isaiah begins, right under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. And the word tender is here is the word kara in Hebrew. Kara, which denotes, according to Luther, speaking in public. It's not a subdued voice. No, it's preaching. It's declaration but yet speak tenderly or to the heart. Now, this is a Hebraism which often means to flatter or cajole, but not in this context. In this context, it's more like Genesis 34, 3, where he spoke tenderly to her, right? And so here, the heart groaning and sighing because of its sin, because of its failures, because of its pain and suffering, is now being comforted by the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit is speaking to the heart as he wills, according to Luther, who continues, do you want a gracious God, right? Which is the whole mission of Luther's entire life, is finding the gracious God, the God of grace. He answers his own question, then you have a gracious God. Do you want to be comforted? Then you are comforted. Here then are, we observe God's, as God's people that we are afflicted and sad because of our sins and because we know death awaits us. And so to, to us, and to those Christians then who called themselves Hebrews, and to us now who calls ourselves Christian, to us is given the gospel, the good news, where God speaks to our hearts and to our feelings. Yes, and that's why 
Isaiah goes on to say, let the preacher say then, I only preach Christ to you as the one who forgives. But I also give you his righteousness so that clothed with him you may have all that is his. The comfort is therefore far more excellent than all our groanings. Do you want to be holy? Again, God says, I will make you holy. Yes, most holy through Christ. Through Christ. And that's how Luther begins um, today's uh, Old Testament lesson on Isaiah 40, right? And then the final thing Luther addresses is where um, in the very beginning of our lesson, um, we see uh, the Holy Spirit, you know, motivating Isaiah to say, cry to her, her warfare is ended. And this word cry means to cry out, to shout boldly. And there's three main points in the beginning of today's lesson, right? Because to do the whole lesson would take, we'd be here for hours, right? So the three things that, 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 that is being pointed out in the very beginning of Isaiah 40, the first thing is that her warfare is ended. Jerusalem's warfare is ended. And so we ask, what warfare is he talking about? Is he talking about the warfare of the Maccabees, you know, or the warfare against the Babylonians or the Assyrians or the Egyptians? What warfare? What war is it? And it's really the war that all of us fight. The only war that's ever been being fought from the very beginning. The war that began in Eden when Adam and Eve, our first parents, decided to sin and eat from the forbidden fruit. That was when the war began. And all other wars are simply, and all other human conflicts are just manifestations of this war. Therefore, we have two choices in this war. We can either take the atheist position, right, and fight against God and his holy things. And so, like, during this season, we can do like the school district up in Pennsylvania and ban the bus drivers from having any, any Christmas uh, decorations in their buses. Or we can ban nativity scenes, right, in public spaces. Or we, can, or we can attack churches, which is going on all through Europe especially, and burn them down. Or we can persecute Christians, which happens all over the world more every year. Or the second position we can take is to try to placate God, to try to make ourselves good enough for God, which was the mistake of, of St. Paul who wrote today's epistle, right? Because, because Jesus says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven, which means that as good as the Pharisees were, they were never good enough. Therefore, we are always at war the second warfare, Luther says, is a warfare that is anxious and agitated to try to render to God satisfaction. But we're under the custodianship of the law, Galatians 3.24. And because of this, we can never satisfy that, that custodian. You know, the more we try to satisfy the law, the more it beats us down and drives us to despair. Right? So the reason why during the winter months when, when he was a monk, Luther would sleep basically naked in his cell with the windows open and freeze himself to death almost every night and broke his own constitution and never really recovered from it. Suffered terrible rheumatism and other things his whole life because of it. You can't satisfy the law. You can't. And the more we try, the more we fail, right? And this is a war, though. It's a war against our own thoughts, against our own words, and against our own deeds. We've all become, if we fight the second war, the second approach, we become like Paul who says, I know that nothing good dwells within me, in my flesh. For I have a desire to do what is right, but, but I do not have the ability to carry it out. For I do not want, for I do want to do that which is good. And I do not want to do that which is evil. And yet what is evil is what I keep doing. Therefore I see in my members another law that is waging war 
against the law that is in my own mind and making it captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? It's a good question, isn't it? Who will deliver us from this body of death? And the answer is that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Comforter, the one that is coming into the world, the one who's, who we remember at Advent and Christmas, yes, the answer is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one whom the three voices in today's Old Testament lesson are declaring is coming to us. Because first they declare that our war is ended. Our war with sin and death and the devil is ended. Secondly, they tell us that our comforter approaches. And why does he approach? He approaches to comfort us. He approaches to comfort us with the gospel, which says your warfare is finished through the merits and through the mediation of Jesus Christ. Right? That's the whole point of the crucifix. It's the whole point of our theology of the cross is that we can never, ever, ever um, satisfy the demands of the law. Secondly, the, the words of the voice is that our iniquity is pardoned. Well, that's wonderful, right? Because we can never satisfy the law. Our, our iniquity can never be atoned for. There's never enough good works that we can do. There's never enough amends that we can make to, to untie or undo even one of our sins let alone all the many sins that we've committed, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of sins in our lifetime. In fact, that's the reason why in the, in, in the, the rites of, uh, of, of, of you know, final blessing, what we call the last rites in the church historically, there's the prayer that talks about how God ends our life so that we don't end up in, end up in hell through continual sinning. The death for the Christian is actually a mercy to keep us from going into a place where we would forfeit our salvation. Yes. Yes. Her warfare is ended. Her iniquity is pardoned. And so we ask why? How can our iniquity be pardoned? It is because the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world has taken away our sins. This is the Lamb of God that we talked about on Sunday that John the Baptist declared and John the Baptist baptized. And then John the Baptist asked, are you the coming one or do we look for another? And then Jesus satisfied John by saying, look, John, look what you see. The dead are raised. The lepers are cleansed. The poor have good news preached to them. The blind receive their sight. The deaf hear. And blessed is he who is not scandalized by me. Right? Yes, it is by grace we have been saved through faith. And this is not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. That is how we're pardoned. Ephesians 2, verse 8. And this is also the origin of the Christmas gift, the gift of grace. For every gift that we give to each other really points back to the only gift that really matters, and that is the gift of forgiveness, the gift of mercy that comes only from God. And then final, the final part of this, this beginning of our Old Testament lesson, the final announcement contained within this, this, this introduction, is that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. She has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. And this is a great gain. According to Luther, the words of comfort here and of faith, whereby the apostles are commanded to console the afflicted, namely with the forgiveness of sins and the repeal of all laws. Grace is wonderful, not only because it is a single gift given uh, for sins, but it doubles as an outstanding gift given for grace. For by pure mercy and grace of God, God doubles the gifts given to us for all our sins. 
right? Instead of just taking away our sins, he gives us blessings on top of it. Blessings that we do not merit and do not deserve, right? And never could merit or deserve. And one of the greatest gifts he gives us is that he ameliorates the anguish of our consciences. What a wonderful gift to know that while I may be a sinner, what, that's what I may be, what I am in Christ is forgiven. And that ultimately, that is a matter between me and God and he has forgiven me. That is who I am. Though what I am is still a sinner, but one day that sinner will die but I will be with the Lord. For to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that is the great double, double gift that she has given for all her sins. Yes, this, this voice of the one who cries in the wilderness, John the Baptist, we know him, right? He is the one who points to us where the answer to our, our sins and our self-deceptions are found. And it's interesting that he appears in the wilderness because the wilderness represents this world. It means the Eremos. It's the place without water and the place without life and a place without safety because there is no safety or comfort for us in the world or this world's things. Not really. No. And yet Christ's voice is sent out into this wilderness, announced first by John, and then Jesus himself speaks comfort to us, comfort to us with his words of eternal life. That's why when everyone else left Jesus at the feeding of the 5,000, when Jesus said you had to drink his blood and eat his body, G Peter said to, G John, said to Jesus, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, the words of comfort and peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord be with you. See these gifts and serve them open and give me your holy gospel in your name. We pray. Amen. We praise thee, O God, we acknowledge thee to be the Lord. All the earth doth worship thee, the Father everlasting. 
To thee all angels cry aloud, the heavens and all the paws that read. To thee, cherubim and seraphim, continually to cry. Holy, holy, holy Lord God of Sabaoth, heaven and earth are full of the majesty of thy glory. The glorious company of the apostles praise thee. The goodly fellowship of the prophets praise thee. The noble army of martyrs praise thee. The holy church throughout all the world doth acknowledge thee. The father of an infinite majesty, thine adorable true and only son. Also the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. Thou art the King of glory, O Christ. Thou art the everlasting Son of the Father. When thou tookest upon thee to deliver man, thou didst humble thyself to be born of a virgin. When thou hast overcome the sharpness of death, thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Thou sittest at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father. We believe that thou shalt come to be our judge. Therefore praise thee, thy servants, whom thou hast redeemed with thy precious blood. Make them to be numbered with thy saints in glory everlasting. Thy people and bless thine heritage. Govern them and lift them up ever. Day by day we by thee and ship thy name ever world without end. Fuck safe, O Lord, to keep us this day without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us as our trust is in thee. O Lord, in thee have I trusted, let me never be confounded. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. 
he ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord. And in the morning shall my prayer come before thee. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise. And with thine honor all the day. O Lord, hide thy face from my sin. And blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Vaxaph, O Lord, this day. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us. As our Hear my prayer, O Lord. And let my cry come unto thee. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. The Lord be with you. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has brought us safely to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but all our doings in life may be in order, and by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.